thank you. Uh, well, have you talked to the Father today? I hope you have. If you haven't, shame on you. Because he woke you up this morning. Amen. And he blessed you all through the day. Then he gave you the privilege to come and worship him tonight. In a free country, without the fear of having guns, men with guns walking in and shooting us or taking us to a jail somewhere. Isn't it wonderful to be Americans? Amen. And to be able to talk to a God like that, someone like me, to be able to walk right in the presence of God, Jehovah God. Amen. And just pour my heart out, and he'll listen to me. That's amazing. Well, we had a good time last night, and we started the series. You've only heard Brother Beckham do one revival, and uh, but that kind of broke you in on the way the way I do. Uh, we just start out with a text, usually on Sunday, and then but this time we're starting uh, uh, on Wednesday, going through Sunday. And so we are going to review every night. We're going to build upon the message each night. And by the end of the week, you'll know this message. Why? Because you'll, you will have heard it over and over and over. Amen? I tell them all the time in Bible colleges, teach the boys to preach the Bible. And if the people don't get it, preach it again. Uh, if God laid it on their heart for the people to get it, and they don't get it the first time, preach it until they get it. Amen? And uh, I believe that's biblical preaching. Why come in and preach eight messages when you can't even tell the preacher what he preached on the first one? Amen? And so, you know, that's the reason I do what I do. Matthew chapter 21, in verse 12 and verse 13 again tonight, and if you'll stand with me, for the reading of the Bible. Now, if you'll smile at me, we'll get done quick. But if you don't, I'm going to preach until you smile. And that's, and that, and you know, with some Baptists, that, I'll be preaching for a week, you know, because Baptists, I don't know what's wrong with them. They won't smile. But, uh, but we know the truth, don't we? We have the truth. We have the Word of God. And we have salvation. We have a home in heaven. We have the blessings of God every day, and we have a lot to smile about. Even, even if you're going through trials, you can still smile in him. Amen. Maybe not in a trial, but in him. Look in verse 12. And Jesus went into the temple of God. And let me tell you, here he is riding into Jerusalem on a little donkey. And he looked over, and he saw the temple of God. And knowing the scripture like he did, and knowing and being the man of God like he was and like he is, he's a man of prayer today. He sits on the right hand of the Father and he prays for you and me, even now. He, that's, all he, that's, what every, that's what he lives for, to intercede for you and me. And so here he is, riding into Jerusalem, the most religious city of that day, and um, decided that he would get off this animal and go into the temple of God. And I believe he wanted to go in there to pray because he knew it was a house of prayer. Okay? So here he is walking into the temple of God. And, um, and Jesus went into the temple of God. 
and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple. Now listen to this. And overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, and he quoted Isaiah 56 verse 7, he, he said, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And then he quotes Jeremiah 7 verse 11, but ye, but ye, he, I believe he looked right at him, and he said, ye have made it a den of thieves. You have made the temple of God, the house of prayer, into a den of thieves. Shame on you. Amen? Yeah. You said, now, don't be so hard on them. Don't, don't ridicule them too bad. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 and 20. <clears throat> We're going to have a word of prayer when you get to there, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. Okay, you're there? Let's pray. Father, I am so thankful for another day. Thank you for trials. Thank you for tribulations. Thank you, Lord, for, because those things makes us better and makes us better children, makes us better prayer warriors. Lord, it's sure not... Uh, it's not easy, Lord, to go through some of that stuff, but, but Lord, I know when, when you send it my way, it's for my good, and Lord, I just love you more for it. And Father, I pray now that I can be a blessing to the Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, I can be very loving to them, very sensitive to their needs. And Lord, help me not to be guilty of just standing up here muttering a bunch of words but help me to preach what you have laid upon my heart and the way that you have laid it there. And Lord, there may be a lost person here tonight. They know nothing about you. They know nothing about your love, mercy, grace. Lord, they just lost. And Lord, if they, if they don't give their life to you, they're going to burn in hell forever and ever and ever and ever. So Lord, I pray, I pray that they'll be saved tonight. I pray that they'll be saved right now if the Holy Spirit of God is speaking to their hearts and drawing them. Lord, I pray they'll bow their head right now in repentance and say, Lord, save my soul. Father, thank you. I love you. Just use me. I want to be used. If I can, brother, sit down, be quiet, do nothing, say nothing. Allow Brother Hooker to do the preaching or one of these... Uh, one of these men of his choice. But Lord, if I can be used tonight, if you can use me, Lord, I want to be used. Just help me to say the things you would have me to say, not one word more. And help me, Lord, to, again, be very, very loving. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I said to you earlier, don't be so harsh on those thieves, those money changers in the Jerusalem temple. Uh, Jesus walked in there, and many people have asked me, Brother Beckham, I didn't, I didn't think Jesus ever, ever sinned. I, didn't, you, I, I have heard preachers say that Jesus was a spotless one, the one without blemish, and, and that's what I've always heard. But it sounded like he was pretty mad here. He's turning over tables and turning over chairs, and made a whip out of cords found on the floor and, and ran the people out of the temple. Sounds like he was uh, pretty sinful to me. No, 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 no. He couldn't have died if he was sinning. 
Uh, if, if he was a sinner at that point, he couldn't have died for you and me. But see, what, what was going on here, he was grieved. He was quenched. When he walked into the house of prayer to pray, when he got off of that donkey to go into that temple to pray, and when he got in there to pray to his father because he, he couldn't do nothing without the father, and he knew that, and he was in Jerusalem for a reason, and he wanted to be used, so he went into the temple of God to pray, and, and there he was, tables set up and chairs and money changers and, and, and the guy had a bunch of doves and oxen and goats and all kind of stuff there in the, in the temple and they were selling it and, and, and Jesus, his, his spirit just, just grieved and he quenched and he looked at them and he said, you have turned the house of God, the, the temple of God, the house of prayer into a den of thieves and buddy he ran them people out of there amen now look in first Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 the Bible says what in verse 19 what know ye not now you better get a hold of this this is Bible this is not Brother Beckham's interpretation. I tell people, I told a college last week, the last two weeks, Hiles Anderson, and, uh, and also Providence Baptist College in Illinois, I told them both, I'm not here, I'm not an interpreter. I'm not here to interpret Scripture to you boys. I'm not here to interpret Scripture for you ladies. I'm not here uh, to, in, to inform you of anything. I am not here to entertain. I'm not here to perform. I am here to preach the pure word of God. Amen. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to say it. I'm going to get out of the way. Amen. Uh, and, and that's what I did. Uh, for four hours, I just pounded away on, 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 on the pure word of God. And those boys just sat there and looked at me like, like a calf looking out a new gate, some of them. They, they thought, my goodness, life. he's not entertaining us, he's not performing, he's not interpreting, he's just reading the Bible. I could do that in my dorm. Well, go to the dorm and read it. Amen. Uh, notice what it says. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple? You better underline it in your Bible. Your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost now. And notice where the Holy Ghost is. He's in you. He's walking around in you. He's in your mind. He's in your soul. He's in your heart. He's in there. And I want you to notice in Psalms 139, we won't take time to read all of that, but, but don't you run turn there either. Just listen. Uh, Psalms 139, the Bible says, the Bible plainly lets us know that God is everywhere. You can't go nowhere that God's not there. He's there. You cannot go anywhere. And that's the reason why Paul says pray without ceasing. That's the reason he said pray everywhere. That's the reason why he said uh, pray always and not faint. Paul had it, had it down. He knew that God was everywhere, but he also knew that God was inside of him. And when you get a hold of that truth, that God's inside of you, he hears everything you say. He sees everything you see. He, he, he reads everything you read. You better, you better wake up because, listen, 
God says, I went into that temple in Jerusalem. My, my heart was grieved. Now I'm inside of you. Am I going to be grieved at the thieves that I see in your temple? Are, 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 is your temple a house of prayer? How much have you prayed today? How, how much have you asked, talked to God about your life today? Amen. Amen. That will let you know whether you're full of thieves or not, or are you a house of prayer. See, people think that you can just do what you want to do. Folks, you can't do what you want to do. Your body is not yours. I hear it every week of my life. Somebody, before the week is out, they'll make a comment walking by me uh, where I can hear it. Well, well. Preacher can tell And I know what they're saying. They are saying, uh, my body is my body. My life is my life. I can do with it as I want. If I want to talk to God, I'll talk to God. No preacher's going to tell me what to do. Well, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. But you better listen to God. And if you are saved, you'll have a desire to listen to God. If, if you're right with God, you'll have a hunger and thirst to talk to God. Amen. And so here it is. Uh, it's very plain. It says, which is in you, the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price, therefore glorify. And that is significant. I hear preachers tell me, uh, they'll tell me this kind of stuff, uh, uh, Dr. Hooker. They, they'll say, Brother Beckham, you make a big deal about everything. You make a big deal about this thing of praying. You make a big deal about words in the Bible like glorify and, and sanctify and first of all. And, and it seems like you, you, just have a, you just have a knack about taking choice words and just making a big deal. Well, if it's in the book, it's a big deal. Amen? It's a big deal. I'm sorry if you don't think it's a big deal, but it's a big deal. When God says to do something, it's a big deal. Because if God tells us to do it and we don't do it, then we are in sin and then, we, then our prayers can't be answered according to Psalm 66, 18. Amen? And so let me emphasize to you again that your body doesn't belong to you. Amen? Uh, your body, which is the temple of God, was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on Calvary. Amen? So he owns you. He owns me. And, and before I do anything with this body, I should ask God's permission. Amen? I should say, God, can it, do I have your permission to do so and so with my body? Because, see, it's not mine, Father. Paul says in, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6 that you paid the price, and I know you did. I found out that truth at the age of 16, and I've been preaching it for 52 years. I know this body is not mine, and I know it's the temple, I know it's your temple, and I know it should be a house of prayer, but sometimes the den of thieves, the thieves will get in there and mess me up. Father, forgive Benny Beckham. Would you do that, Father? Forgive me and help me get my temple cleaned up. And that's what everybody in this building needs to do tonight. You need to look into your temple, and if your temple is not glorifying God, you need to come to the altar and say, God, forgive me. Or you need to bow your head there in that pew and say, Father, forgive me. Because the Bible says that we are to glorify God in our body, in our temple, in our spirit. And, and, and he reminds us again, which are God's. Yes. 
Amen? Are you listening? Is it, is it creeping into your heart? Is it creeping into your mind and your soul? Is it, is it helping you? Amen. And then last night we talked about groups of people. And uh, we, 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 I, I, I took you over to Hebrews. Let's look at it just, just quickly because I want to get into uh, the message for tonight. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7. Uh, there is an important uh, a family in the church. Now listen, all of you are important. Every family in the church is important. Uh, you, you might be an ear, you might be an eye, you might be a nose, but Paul says every part of you, every, that's just a part of the local church. It's made up of eyes and noses and mouths and ears and all this stuff. And, and, and somebody might say, well, Brother Peckham, I'm just a little nose. I'm not important. Well, cut off your nose and see how you operate. The nose is very important. Amen. Somebody might say, well, I'm just, I'm just an ear, and I'm not important to the church. I'm just an ear. Well, cut off your ear and see how, how you function. You're not going to function very well. Well, somebody might say, well, I'm just a toe. Well, cut off your toes and see how you walk. Every part of us is very important. Amen. And, and every part of the church is... Every member is very important. Even the children, even the infants in the choir, in the, in the nursery. Uh, and it sounds like a choir sometimes in there, don't it? And, but, but I'm telling you, every baby, every child, every teenager, every young adult, every elderly person, middle-aged, middle elderly, everybody is important to God. Amen? So... Don't, don't think that I'm putting more emphasis just on this family. I'm, putting, I'm not putting any more emphasis upon this family than what the Bible does, okay? The Bible says in verse 7 of Hebrews 13, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follows, considering the end of their conversation. Now, who is that? Someone said last night, you, you, you said, Brother Beckham, that's our pastor, that's our, that's our leader, that's our shepherd, that's our under-shepherd, under Christ. Uh, yep, you got it right. That's who that is talking about. And the Bible tells you to remember him. And the best way to remember him is by praying for him. Every day of your life, you should, you should get on your knees or during the day. You don't have to get on your knees to pray. You can walk and pray. You can sit and pray. You can lay in the bed and pray. You can, you can lay flat on the floor and pray. All of those are postures, biblical postures to pray. You can sit in a chair to pray. You can even have your eyes open and pray. You don't have to do this to pray. You can even have your eyes open. I love to watch people pray. I, I say this often. Uh, I'll, uh, the preacher will call on someone to pray and I'll sit on the platform and I'll watch them pray. And, uh, and this lady walked out one night and she well, said to me, said, Brother Beckham, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. I said, what couldn't you believe? She said, you had your eyes open during prayer. I said, how do you know I had my eyes open during prayer? She had her eyes open during prayer too. And then she said, good night. And the, good night. Amen. And, and so we should pray for our preacher. Pray for him. 
You should pray for them during the week. You should pray for them when you come in here on Sunday. You should pray on, on Sunday night. You should pray for them on Wednesday night. As he stands up here in combat, hand-to-hand combat, uh, fighting and kicking the devil and the demons of hell, you sitting out there as his, as his people praying for him. If you have never stood up here, you, don't, you have not a clue what your preacher goes through. Uh, he, he has sat in a pew uh, and, and heard Dr. Howes preach for many, many years. So he knows what it is to sit in the pew, but he also knows what it is to stand in a pool and preach the word of God uh, because there's a battle that goes on. He needs your prayers, folks. And, and then you need to obey him. When God gives him orders and then he brings it to the church, you need to just obey, uh, obey the pastor. Amen? You need to follow the pastor. Why, Brother Beckham? It says so. Uh, someone, uh, somebody, uh, maybe before the week was, uh, well, I, I was taught not to obey man. I only, I, I'm only to obey God. Well, you better obey this man because the Bible says so. Amen. And as he obeys God, you obey him. Amen. And then, and then notice what else it says, and submit yourselves, obey, submit, remember, and then it says, for they watch for your souls one day, and I'm, not, I'm going fast here, but one day he is going to have to stand accountable for what he allows in this ministry. He's going to stand in front of God one day accountable. And so he does have a right to check up and, and call your own son. Let me tell you, if you have, if Dr. Hooker calls you on Monday uh, and, and asks you, where I just want, I, I missed you in church, I, I can hear him do it. That soft voice, I, I just missed you in church. And, and I just want to know, are you sick? Is something wrong? Is something that I can do for you? Uh, I, I can just hear him doing that. Amen. He's not doing it to put his nose in your business. He's not doing it for any other reason but to find out uh, where he could pray for you Amen. more. Amen. And, um, and, and that's just a good pastor. That's just a good man of God. Amen. And uh, you, ought, you ought to praise God every day you have a pastor that way. And then, then it says that they may do it with joy. And, and, and Brother Hooker last night stood after I got down and he said, Church, it is a joy. I, I almost stood up, put both hands up in the air and screamed. Amen. Uh, like the old Georgia preachers does sometimes. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. I was raised around, around that. I pastored a camp meeting church for almost 14 years, which was called Calvary Baptist Church. And, and so it's, it's, it's used, I, I'm used to that, that, that name, you know, Calvary Baptist Church. I can say it uh, very with authority because I've said it so many times. Calvary Baptist Church, listen to me. Amen. And, and so uh, that's just natural. Um, but he said, it's a joy to preach to you folks. I wanted to, I did. Might as well just do it right now. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It, but it's terrible to go into a church. I was preaching a five-week revival in a church in Georgia some years ago. Matter of fact, I was a member there. I was, I was the staff evangelist out of that church. And, and, and I hadn't been home in months. And, and I got home and found out there was trouble going on. And, uh, oh, my soul. 
a pastor said, I'm not going out there. I said, what do you mean you're not going out there? If you're not going out there, I'm not going out there. He said, but I'm telling you, you're going out there. Well, see, uh, I was between a rock and a hard place because I, 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 I preach, obey your pastor. And, and here, here he is saying, uh, go out there. And I, here I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going if you don't go. And then he said, all right, come on. Okay. I walked behind him, got on the platform, and, and he disappeared. It was as if he just poofed, disappeared. I didn't know where he was at. And all of a sudden, I thought, now he's got me out here with these wolves, and, and now, 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 now here he has left me. What a preacher he is. And all of a sudden, I, I heard something moaning and a groaning behind the wall. Mm-mm-mm. I stood up. I said, church, that's not good. I haven't been around, been on the road, but it doesn't take a Ph.D. to, to figure out when a preacher says, and your pastor, my pastor said, he didn't, he didn't want to come out here tonight. That's not good, church. We better get our act together. You hear that back there? He was a crying, weeping, agonizing. We got, and that thing went for five weeks. We had 102 saved, and, and three, over two and 300 people testified of sin, and it turned, God turned that church upside down. Amen. And, and, and uh, he had a great ministry there for many years. And so, uh, so it says here that he should preach with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable. You better underline this in your Bible. For that is unprofitable for you. If you don't remember your preacher, if you don't, if you don't obey your preacher, if you don't submit to your preacher, uh, listen. God's going to bring judgment upon this place. And this place will not be a house of prayer as long as you're not doing those things. Amen? Now, take your Bible real quickly and turn to Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to deal with the second group of people, which is the church. The church. You. And uh, we are... We are um, and I want to say, uh, when I was here a year ago... Um, I told my wife, I said, I, I was just in a wonderful church. You're going to get to meet one of the members. And, uh, and the song leader here came, came to hear me preach in Oklahoma. And, uh, and, I, and, and you met Jeanette and Julia there that week. And, and um, I said, they, they are all like him. I said, uh, it's a friendly church, a loving church, an easy church to preach to, an easy church to teach to. I will never forget your Sunday school class. Amen. They were a shouting in Sunday school. I thought, what in the world uh, are they doing? And uh, got me all happy, and, and I was about to shout and run down the aisleway. Hey, and, uh, and then I came out here and, and, and the same thing. And then I walked in last night, the same thing. Amen. Just wonderful place. Now, look in verse 14, talking about the church. Paul was always praying for the people, for the people that he ministered to, which was the local churches. He was always sending prayers back to these local churches. 
And he says there, here in verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I bow my knees, that's a posture. That's one of those postures that Paul practiced. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now listen to this. He started to pray for this church, uh, for these believers, that he would grant you according to the riches of the glory of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, that was just part of the prayer that Paul prayed for this church. He said, I'm going to pray that, that every one of you will be led by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Spirit, that you'll be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, that you will be guided by the Holy Spirit, that you'll be taught by the Holy Spirit, that you'll walk by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And, and that's a very important teaching of the Bible. And some someone got started on, entered on the Facebook that Brother Beckham had turned Pentecostal. And uh, I said, what in the world is that about? Uh, uh, if anyone has ever heard me preach, you, you know I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, but I'm a, I'm a Baptist too. Amen. From the top of my little bald head to the bottom of my bare feet. Amen. I'm a Baptist. Amen. Uh, but I'm a Baptist that believes in the Holy Ghost. And I'm a Baptist that believes if you're not led by the Holy Ghost, then you're not a good temple. Because he lives inside of you. And if you're not letting him teach you and strengthen you and guide you and all these things, then you're not a good temple. You have allowed the thieves to come in and set up some tables and, and ran and grieved and quenched the Holy Ghost. Oh my, you better be careful. And so let's look at Romans chapter 8 for a few moments. i still got a little bit of time. Amen. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit uh, of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh... God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh at the age of 16. Uh, God, God, the Holy Ghost convicted me on the, on the front pew of a Southern Baptist church in, in, in uh, Brunswick, Georgia, on the corner of I and Ella Street with a big old giant of a preacher standing proclaiming the gospel. And I was on the front pew. I had been a naughty boy that morning to my mother. And I, I walked down. I didn't sit with the young people in the back. I walked all the way down, set myself on the front pew. The Holy Ghost got a hold of me during the preaching, convicted me that I was a sorry, no good little sinner. And then I walked two steps to the altar, fell upon my knees, repented of my sins, asked God to come into my heart, and he did. And at that very moment, the Holy Ghost moved into my heart too. Amen. And at that very moment, also, he did something else. He stamped no condemnation upon my life. Amen. I'm not condemned anymore. 
Guess what? If that's happened to you, you're not condemned anymore. You're not under condemnation anymore. You're, you're, you're redeemed. You're redeemed. So act like it. Amen. Amen. And then look in verse 5, verse 3, 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. We are not because we are righteous. We are not to walk after the flesh, but we are to walk after the Holy Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. It doesn't take a Ph.D. very long. It doesn't take one at all uh, to know what's in your heart. All you have to do, all I have to do is open my mouth and, 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 and whatever is in my heart is going to flood out of my mouth. Amen. And out of my actions. Amen. I'm telling you, that's, that's just the way it is. If you are spiritual, spiritual things coming out of your mouth. If you're flesh, fleshly things are going to come out of your mouth. Amen. And then look in verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh, you better underline it, temples of God. Temples of God, you better underline it. So then that they are in the flesh cannot please God. A spiritual, a spiritual person is going to have a goal, and that goal is going to please God. That's what a spirit-filled man or woman or boy or girl, that's their goal in life is to please God. If you are spirit-filled, now if you're fleshly-filled, you're not going to have a desire to even read your Bible. Um, uh, uh, you, you won't even have a desire to study the Bible. You won't have a desire to go into your closet and pray. You won't have a desire to walk to walk without in prayer without ceasing. You won't have a desire to pray everywhere. If you're in the flesh, but if you're in the Spirit, the Spirit of God leads you to say, Abba, Papa, Hello, Daddy, Hi, Father, Hello, Holy Father. One time in the Bible. Yeah. A Holy Ghost leads you to do that stuff. Your flesh don't want to do that. Amen? And then look in verse 9. But you're not in the flesh. You're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If you claim to be saved, you're not in the flesh, you're in the Spirit. And if so be that the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now here's the problem. Let me drink a little water. Here's the problem in most churches. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Now, I have been, uh, Dr. Hooker, I have been misquoting uh, uh, R.A. Torrey for many years. I have, I have been saying that he said back in the 1800s that 80% of the people that sat in local churches were lost and on their way to hell. Now that's what I've been saying, and I have misquoted him. Now I want to correct it, okay? I, I looked it up. Something just told me to go to my room and, and, and look it up. And so I did a few, about a month ago, two months ago, I, I can't remember, but, but I, have, I, I, I want to correct that, okay, if I can. He didn't say 80%. He said 90 
in the 1800s. And if you look, if you, and, and nod your head if you want to, but, but let me tell you, that's what he said. And if you'll look at your local church, and you look at other local churches, and you look at, at, the, at the average local church, just look at it. And, and when the preacher said we're going to have a prayer meeting, look how many comes most of the time, about 10%. Uh, a work day, about 10%. Soul winning night, about 10%. Uh, and, 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 and those that are truly born again is going to have a desire. See, if you're a part of this church and you're not here, a, a, a block is, is not there. It's not complete if you're not here. Amen? And so if you're a member, you, you should be here. If you can possibly make it, you should be here. Amen? Yes, sir. Uh, you say, boy, that's tough, preacher. Of course it's tough, but it's the book. But that, that's the problem that we have in our churches. Our churches are made up, and, and I preach in some churches, and we'll have 102 get saved. We'll have 90 get saved. We'll have 70 get saved. We'll have 30, 40 get saved on one night. And, and, uh, and usually it's church members walking down the aisle realizing, uh, boy, I'm, I don't have a desire to pray. I don't have a desire to read my Bible. I don't have a desire to tell anybody about Christ. There's something wrong with me. Amen. See, the Bible says you ought to have all of those desires if you're truly born again. And, and uh, I would check up. I would check up tonight if I didn't have those desires. Amen. Uh, like, like many has had, uh, many, many has done so across the country. And then look in verse 10. And if Christ be in you, a body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, there it is in, again, in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. There it is again. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. We, we are not to live after the flesh. The flesh has done nothing for me. It does nothing for me. But my spirit. By the Holy Ghost, my wonderful Holy Ghost that's inside of me. Boy, he helps me every day. He helps me every night. Amen. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be up here tonight. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be traveling the road like I do if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost. I just wouldn't do it. But that Holy Ghost moves in my heart. Gives me strength every night. You think it's easy? You think it's easy for those ladies and Brother Beckham to travel 48 weeks a year every night in church almost every night of our lives? You think that's easy? That's not easy. That's tough. That's tough stuff. But it, it's, it's easier to do it in the spirit than try to do it in the flesh. Amen. And then I want you to notice something else. It says here uh, in verse 13, For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify, that word mortify means to put to dead, to kill, 
to crucify. Uh, that's what it means. Mortify the deeds of the body. Kill it. Put it to death. Put your flesh to death. Ye shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, now you better get a hold of this, they are the, children, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I'll say it again. You better put stars around it, highlight it uh, in whatever way you can. Put important, put, put very important in, out on the side. Put memorize, saturate myself with this verse because it's important. And then in verse 15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage, again the fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, again, Papa, Daddy, Father. Amen. Because we are adult children, since we have been adopted into the family of God, we are adult children. Amen. We have the privilege to pray. Folks, listen. That is one of the highest honors that you and I can ever have to be the dwelling place of God, Amen. where God lives. He does not live in this building. I hear people, they'll say, Brother Beckham, sometimes I'll walk around, sometimes I'll ask people, uh, down through the years I've asked them, would you smoke in the house of God? No, preacher, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare go go down there to the church house and smoke. Oh no, would you? Would you drink liquor down there? No, preacher. Uh, would you go down there and just tear people apart, gossip about them? Tear, oh no, preacher, I would never do that. Uh, well, I got something to tell you. That's not the temple of God down there. But let me ask you this. Do you smoke in this temple? Do you drink liquor? There's, 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 in a good church, runs about seven or eight hundred. One of the best churches in their state. Had a great Six, seven, six-week revival there years ago. One of, of those kind of meetings. Preacher put four trash cans in front of the church. Fifty-five-gallon trash cans. And he said one night to one of the most gracious churches I, I preach in, he said, I want you folks, the Holy Ghost is turning our church upside down. I want every one of you to go home I want you to clean your house out. I want you to bring the junk that you're looking at at home. And, and he just went down the list. Well, that night, they filled up the first one. So we put a second one out. And one morning, I walked by. Well, one afternoon, I walked by and looked down. And, and the pastor had it tied, had the bag. That puzzled me because I, I was wondering what in the world. Most of the time they just leave it open. 
So I said to him, I said, Pastor, I noticed you got, you got the bag tied. He said, yeah. He said, the stuff is so bad, Brother Beckham. I didn't want the children and ladies to see it. We need to clean up. Amen? I told you, I told you about a man that is renowned in his field last night and um, been preaching a long time. Stood in front of his church and said, I need to clean my temple up. I've never, I, I've never seen what Brother Beckham brought out um, the other night. He said, I sat there under conviction, and he said, Church, I need to. He said, I'm cleaning up my temple. So if you got some thieves in your temple, run them out. Run them out. And don't, don't do it just for your, your sake, but do it because you love God. Amen. Because if you're not praying, there's a reason why. You're not faithful to church. That's, there's a reason. Because, see, you don't belong to yourself. Your body, your temple, is his. So let's, let's bring glory to him through our temple. Amen? Let's stand and, and as the pianist. And, and we don't have to have a piano play. And uh, we don't normally have singing. But a lot of times we don't have any any music because everybody's at the altar, piano players, and everybody is at the altar. So um, I'm going to pray, and then you just mind God. Father, thank you for this message. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you, Lord, for giving me strength to bring the message. I pray every one of us as your children will, will um, be honest as you show us things in our temple, as you did there in Jerusalem. You told that group of people that they, were, they had turned the place into a den of thieves. Lord, I don't know what you have told the church tonight, but I know what you have told me. And Lord, that lost person, I pray, will come tonight, get things right with you, ask you to come into their heart and save their soul. Thank you. Would you, would you come? Would you come right now? You say, well, preacher, I, I really do need to get things right. I, my temple is just not what it should be. Just not what it should be. I've allowed the old thieves to set up their tables. And I'm just not, just not what I should be. They have had their tables set up for a long time in my life. And Brother Beckham, with 
the help of the Holy Ghost, they're gone now. I'm going to start tomorrow, start tonight, glorifying God in my temple. See, the preacher's family is important, but, but the families that makes up this church is very important too. Need to pray for one another. You need to uphold one another. You need to love one another. Amen? Yeah. If one of you have a problem, all of you have a problem. That's the way it should be. Amen. We'll just wait. Wait until everyone gets done. Well, 30 seconds to a minute. You say, preacher, God the Holy Ghost showed me something. I just want my church family to know. And that I, kind of like that man did that night. He just stood and testified. I don't want you to preach again. Don't want you to straighten out anybody. 30 seconds. Might even be less. Anyone over here, you got anything to say? Uh, I, I scare people. 